Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to review more about the word come out. Dear Lord, I'd like to also talk about the number 14 a little bit, but we're going to likely not have much time to talk about that tonight. We may have to do it tomorrow night. But Lord, I'd like to speak about this come out. And um, it's very important that people get some little tidbits from the Exodus that should give us some highlights of what uh, we should look for at this time. And maybe we hadn't thought about these things in the way that you revealed them. And I'd like to cover those and let people uh, discern the scriptures themselves and see what they think. Lord, when you said come out, I explained last night that the word come out means that it's it's like the sun and the moon and stars bow down. In other words, it's like when Joseph had the vision and sun and moon and stars bow down. In other words, what it's talking about, when you give the word come, it means everything related to that person is going to come because your word can never come back void and you can never change your ways. Therefore, when they come, they come to your commandment. Now, there's a difference between that and the word come back. In other words, when you talk to somebody and you're saying come and we understand that you know, you're calling everything with them to come with them. But when you say come back, it's a little different. Because when you're saying come back, it means that they're missing something. Return to you. And that's what you're saying to us in this day. You tell us that in Isaiah 21. It says, uh, like in verses uh, 10 to 12, it says, Oh, my threshing and the grain of my floor, that which I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have declared to you, the burden against Duma, which means those who kept silent. And he, the Lord, calls to me out of Seir. This means hairy. In other words, the hair is symbolic of the antenna. He's calling him to remember all the things that he's seen and done in the past because God does not change his way. That's what Seir is kind of emphatic of that, and it goes all the way back to basically Esau. When Esau at that time would not honor the... um, did not honor the inheritance. And so he's telling you all of this. This is our burden. We would not hear is what I'm trying to say. We would not hear all he did for us. And then he comes and he says, and it says, Watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? This is the Lord calling to him, asking him about the inheritance, asking him about everything that he'd made known to him. And he didn't know. The watchman says, so the watchman sees and he's saying, oh, Because when the Lord tells you what of the night, he's saying that it's there for you to see if you will hear. I said when Jesus was talking to the people, he says, you don't understand my speech because you will not discern my words. He's saying, I'm giving you everything you need to see what is about to happen. And he says, watch him, what of the night? What of the night? You should know what the night means. Night means he seals his word of instruction upon us. 
It's the nighttime that he tells us in Luke 17, 34, that he's going to do the separation judgment. And John 9, 4, 5 also confirms that. It tells us in the night, the Lord will be leaving those of the world. His authority, his, in other words, when he leaves, everything that he has for you goes with him. All your blessings are going to be taken away from you. We're going to see when we talk about um, the Pharaoh, when the Pharaoh finally breaks down and he comes to Moses and tells him in the night uh, to leave and take everything with you. And then he says, and bless me also. Well, I understand that Moses couldn't really do that. Because what happened back before that, Moses had told him what the Lord had revealed to him, that he will surely die. To die means in this day of the Lord, means that he takes himself away from you. The Lord removes from you the authority to have the blessings come upon you. So it doesn't do any good for Moses to bless him because God has told him that he's going to die, meaning everything that's a favor of God is going to be removed from him. doesn't mean he's going to physically lay down and die. It's like this time with, with, with Adam and Eve. What it means is their life is going to be changed because they're taking a blessing away from people and people don't understand. If you look back and see what it says in Genesis, you see that they were in the Garden of Eden where they had the words. The Lord was speaking to them and making known his words to them every evening or in the cool of the day. And in what? In the morning time, I believe he'd come to them and speak to them. In the evening time, he would come and teach them. So in the morning, his word was made known. It's probably cool of the day is the evening time. That's when you're supposed to teach the words. So what happens is this. It says in Genesis 4 that they could not call upon the name of the Lord again until when? Until the time of Enosh, the third generation. So you got Adam and Eve, first generation. Um, then there was uh, Abel and Cain. And then there was Seth. And the Seth was of the second generation. And then Enosh was the third. And what happens in the third? Seth, Seth, Abel, and Cain were beginning to get the understanding of the words. They were, you know, you saw Abel doing the way of the words with his blessing, and Cain did not. Abel was wanting to get back to the place where we watch over the sheep. How do you watch over the sheep? You have to watch over the sheep by, by the words of God. He was asking God to, that he would make them holy, sacrifice the beginning of the of the uh, flock to him, to the Lord. And the Lord recognized that he's wanting to bring back, bring back the separation from the world into the words of God. So that the people, the sheep to come and the blessings that are in the earth, that the sheep, when they do the walking around, are stirring up that earth and bringing forth those blessings. And then it wasn't until Enosh, the son of Seth, that they were then able to call upon the name of the Lord, which is the word of God. Now, Revelation 19, 11 and 13. See, they lost that right when Adam and Eve went out. They knew, they had to understand the words, but they couldn't call upon them for that. But Abel was doing good. He was doing good works so that he could bring back this ability or authority to regain the authority to call upon the words. When he says you're going to go out and work with the sweat of your brow, part of that is you're going to do it with your own words and not mine. You got to come back to the truth. You got to find a way that, that to till the earth. In other words, to bring back the blessing. So that is what he's saying there. So he, he, when when Pharaoh sent him out, he could not bless him, even though he wanted him to do that. But he had to come forth and be blessed like that. We should remember that at this time, 
Because the Lord is telling us we're as dead men walking before him. We've lost that blessing. We've lost the authority. We've got to get this back. We've got to get the words, the understanding, and get the right to call upon these words. And that's what the Lord is coming to do. Because he said in Daniel 9, 27, he will come and do what? He said he will come and confirm the new covenant to us. The new covenant was the price he paid with his blood so that we could go into the Holy of Holy and receive the knowledge of the words of God. And now, not only are we receiving the knowledge of words, he's ready to give us the confirmation to allow us to call upon those words to enable all the great promises that God provided from the beginning of the word. He, he, he made these promises, these good works for the foundations of the world that we're going to be allowed to call upon. We have not seen this. We're by accident or by just the Lord trying to show us there's something greater by allowing miracles to be done. But when Jesus walked the earth, everything was done. Everything was healed. Everything's corrected with him. That's what we're coming to for those who will set themselves apart. Now, I want to speak on this. It's, it's, Interesting, when we say return to me, the Lord is saying, like like uh, Seth and Enosh, in other words, you're going to be able to call upon the name of the Lord. He's not only given us the name of the words, but he's going to give us the authority to call upon those words and enable the good promises, overcome the world. By faith, see, he'd come to the house of Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They did not have the words. Why were they lost? Because the rabbis were not teaching them the words and they rejected the message. Why does he have to come this day? And like he says in Hebrews 10, uh, 34 to 30, excuse me, 25 to 27 there, he's telling us that in this day, he's going to have to cause the knowledge of truth to be received because it wasn't being taught by the rabbis and the preachers and so forth at this time. And it's got to be received again because we lost it. And that's what the, he said that in the evening time of the day of the Lord, what would happen? He said the light would come. What is the light? The light is the entrance of his words, Psalms 119, 130. He said the evening, the beginning of the evening, there will be light. He was going to cause it to happen because it had to bring the light because the people did not have the light. They think they're filled with light, but their light comes from the entrance of his word, Psalms 119, 130. Zechariah 14, 7 says, The evening of the day of the Lord begins when the words of God are opened on the earth. But now we must get the confirmation to be able to call upon these words and enable the good promises. That is the confirmation that the messenger of the covenant is bringing to us. And we're all wanting the rapture, and we haven't even received that which purifies us, that which makes us white, and that which makes us refined. That's why he's going to reign on the earth for seven years. And we have to be, you know, he's going to take away the sacrifice in the middle of the morning. He says he's going to rise like the, the morning sun, sun of righteousness. In the morning of his day, he's going to rise, Malachi 4.2. He's telling us in the night he's going to judge us. In the night he's going to separate us. John 9, 4, 5. And those of the world, he's going to have the light taken out of them, just like he took it out of the Pharaoh and them. By night, remember when Moses left the Pharaoh, uh, he, he said he would not come to him again. The Moses, uh, the scripture is really saying that the Pharaoh came to them, told them to leave. It says in the night he came, he asked for them. But uh, an interpretation is by most people is that the Pharaoh come to him, told him to leave. Because Moses says, you won't see me again. So he's asking for him, but he's asking to give him the message, whether it's the leaders of Israel, I mean, of Egypt that went to him or not, I don't know. But the Pharaoh is asking for a blessing he could not receive. It's too late. 
At the time of the separation judgment, it's too late. The light has gone out of the world. John 9, 4, 5. John 9, verses 4 and 5 tells you that. Amos 8, 11 to 14. There's a famine of the word coming. People won't listen. The words have been opened. Their time to get it is now. Now, there's something interesting also. I've told you that when he says return to me, he's going to provide provision. You're going to regain and so forth. But there's an interesting uh, thing about this. It's got a real interesting twist to it in Exodus 11, 1 to 3. I've told you that, you know, we're going to, the Lord says, require these people to pay back double for what they've done and double for what they are planning to do. But in the day of Exodus, it was something very interesting. You know, we have the Ten Commandments and it and there's something very important here. And I want to some people won't like this, but I'm going to put it in here because this is what the Lord is saying. Exodus 11, 1 to 3, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After he, Afterward, he will let you go from here. Where he lets you go, when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Remember, I told you all things are going with him. Because, you know, it, it's, it's the Lord has said they're, they're coming out with all their hosts, their armies. That's the sun and moon. Everything's bowing down to them. Altogether, everything about Israel is going to be taken away from them. But he wanted to be blessed. See, he wanted a blessing because one of the things that he kind of took for granted was all these things. Like people, I've told you that there's evidence that they had wireless electricity at that time. They had lamps that would light by coil. It's, it's drawn on the walls of the, of the pyramids. So we know that was not Asians. That's the word of God. And that's how it can work this way from the from the stone of the pyramid, because the pyramid is the design of the firmament. And what's in the firmament? The words, the light of God. And, and I am convinced that Joseph understood the way of doing this and had it done because the sun, moon, stars bow down to him. So I think the design for the pyramid, remember when he first did it, he did the six-step pyramid because he was showing the knowledge of God was that this famine was coming by the knowledge of God to the punishment of man at an appointed time because he gave him the 14. 14 is representative of that. So he had the seven years of eating, or seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, 14 years. They had a six-step pyramid, which is, representing the knowledge of the works of the taking care of the dominion of the earth. That's why he would do that. And then he did the, the 11 uh, before the thing uh, in front of this, uh, he put the 11 uh, draining places where they put the filled the grain side, basically storage places, but there were uh, 11 levels, five on each side and one in the middle. He understood what the word 11, I mean, the number 11 meant the hidden. He was showing that it's the hidden plague of God to show us the way of the words. And that's why I'm convinced that he made that, the, at least he understood how to make the, the pyramid so that you would have this power because it's in the pyramid. I mean, the pyramid, I've explained to you from the scriptures of why the, the firmament of the heavens in the shape of a pyramid. And in that pyramid, what did he do? In the empty space, he said, let me put the lights in there. Lights are the words of God, the promises of God. And he put the stars and the sun and the moon also and all that. Those have to do, but what was first? The lights went in. What is the light? The entrance of his words gives light. He put the words. All things are made by his words. Everything that the earth is going to need, everything that we need is done by these words of God. And that is going to leave the world. Those of the world is going to leave them. 
That's what it's saying in John 9, 4, 5. That authority is going to be taken over. That's why he's warning us. Return, return, come back. In other words, gain back your inheritance. Receive the knowledge of truth, the real knowledge of his words. That's what he's crying out to us in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12. Uh, in here in Exodus 11, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt, and afterward he will let you go from here. And when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out here altogether. Everything will go with you. It says, speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of the Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Now, please understand, this is occurring after the plague of darkness, which in the plague of darkness, it tells you that not one person of the people of Egypt moved from their chair for three days. The fear, the darkness that came upon them is the fear. That is the thick darkness of the outer um, of the outer abyss, in other words, it's the abyss where the uh, the prison of Guiana and all that is the second death. They had the feeling of being in there, and they could not move because why? When you're in that thick darkness, what God was doing them, I believe, was showing them that, like He says in Job eighteen, in other words, their hands are going to be bound. They're going to be in the body of a worm. They can't move, and out of the fear, the the fear of God was on them. They didn't know what was happening to them, but the fear upon them was there and they did not move from where they were sitting. Because in the thick darkness, you don't have feet and you don't have hands and you don't even speak because you you don't have no voice, no tongue to speak with and you can't see with your eyes. You're in the body of a worm. That's what God is saying. Their souls are going to go in the body of a worm. It's going to be ridden with diseases, which he didn't give them to him that time, but he gave them the fear of the darkness, the understanding of what's going to happen to him in the thick darkness of the prison of God called the second death, which is Guiana, like a fire. That's the, the fire is the knowledge being continuously put upon them forever and ever. Now, there's a difference in the way this is worded in the Hebrew Bibles. And actually, if you go to Blue Letter Bible or any of these, and look, the scripture is going to see something in here that's quite different in the in, in the breakdown of the Hebrew words versus what they translated as. Let me read to you what eleven Exodus eleven two in the Hebrew reads. It says, "Please speak to the ears of the people that they should borrow, borrow each man from his neighbor and each woman from her neighbor artifacts of silver and of gold." See what what the Lord had done was I just explained to you, this is happening after the ninth plague. Ninth plague is is a symbolic of finality. These people had enough. The people of Egypt had had enough. They had already lost. After the seventh plague, the leaders of Israel, and of, I mean of Egypt, and the people of Egypt were coming, I mean, complaining to the, the, the Pharaoh. The leaders came to him, his, his own leaders, and told him, you've already lost. You've already lost. That was after the seventh plague. And after the ninth, which was the darkness, these people had had enough. And so the Lord has them do something very important for us. This is an attitude that we must know. Rashi puts us in here and he defines it. The, 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 the Jewish scholar put it in here. And it's true. The word is saying, please, when you go to these people, you do not go and demand. 
You have to trust that God is going to move upon their hearts to do what he desires in this time, and it's going to happen. You'll know when this is to happen. But God is going to tell you this is what you do, but you do not go with a heart that says demand. He says, please, why is that? Because he says, love thy neighbor as yourself. So put yourself in their shoes, the nine plagues, the terrible things that have happened to these people. And you go to them and you just, not, you know, when you when, went to these people, they understand, look, we've been made slaves in this nation and we haven't been paid. So share with us. When you talk about borrow, that wording there is, you know, you can say lent or whatever, but it really is, you know, this, this is like the Lord is telling us in this that he did he said they put themselves into that predicament they allowed themselves to get into this situation yes you know they did not keep the words these people did not have the words when god brought them out they had lost what the the tribes had during that time they had lost it in that generation so what you see here with this and the, and the 400 years why the 30 you know they come out by the might of god which is in the you know, it would be the part of the 500 years. But 30 is the number for the beginning of ministry. So God is going to show them all his four works in the 400 years. See, they turned from God. They removed. They didn't have his counsel. They pleaded with him. But they weren't keeping the counsel of God. They didn't keep the words of God. Everything began to fall away over those 400 years. And then the 30 years. The 30 is beginning of ministry, but it's beginning to learn the might of God again so that you might want to understand the way the four spirits, which is to separate yourself from the world, to get the words of wisdom that you don't know and get the understanding of the good works, how to speak these words in his language to enable the good works and then get the counsel of the Lord to know when to speak these and do them for the kingdom of God because you're not to do them for yourself. You're supposed to do them for the glory of God's kingdom. And then the might of God is he's going to show his power over all things. So you can see that happening in this. So he's saying, please speak. That's what's missing in our Bible. He says, speak now in the hearing of the people. But the word is, please speak. The attitude is, please speak. And that's respecting thy neighbor as thyself. And understanding that they are doing what you allowed them to do. And if you read Revelation 18, the, the um, 17, it says that the harlot sits on the waters. The people put her up there. We, the people, allowed the crown trust to take over us, the crown trust to do all these things to us, to bring all these things. We're allowing them even today to do all this stuff when God has told us to come out. Our preachers are going to Washington, negotiating with these religious leaders and the Vatican and so forth when he told us to come out from these of the world or we will share in their sins. We're allowing the sins and, the, and this war to come upon us because we're not obeying God. We're obeying our own desires, our own will, and our own joy. And, you know, people talk about the Pharaoh. And, you know, it's, it's like God says he's going to harden his heart. And so we have this thing about free will. Everybody has free will. Yes, we do. But what is free will really? Free will really is, really is that God will give us the desire of our heart. So when he's saying, I'll harden your heart, he's taking away the spirit that's calling upon him to turn and allowing his own will to come forward. And he's going to allow him to have the will. This man thought he was a God. 
And he wanted to be like a God. He wanted that power and said, God's going to harden his heart. When God hardens somebody, he just pulls back. That's why he's saying, return to me. He's, I'm going to pull back and all the evil that's in your heart is going to come forward. You're going to do everything you don't want to do. You're going to do whatever your heart's desire is because your heart's evil. You don't know that, but you want your own will. You want to do it your way. You want to do it all these things that these preachers are doing. And God's going to harden their heart. He's going to pull back from them. The spirit is going to pull out of them. They're going to get worse about following after the world leaders. They're going to be at worst. They're going to be wanting to put the people in the prison camps because it gives them position and honor with the crown trust. They're doing it now. You see it. God is pulling back and the hearts of these people are becoming more egocentric than ever before. Because he's pulling back from them. The Spirit of God is not pulling them to come to the knowledge of truth or seek out what God is going to do. They're sitting back and say, oh, we're just going to wait on God. In the meantime, we're going to build the biggest church. We're going to have the jet engines. You know, we're going to be people. We're going to go and say, don't you know who I am? How many preachers do that? They go in the dentist's office and can't wait. And they say, don't you know who I am? I got important meetings in Washington. Let me go there. How terrible the attitude of these people is. Let me on that plane because don't you know who I am? I get first service. I'm a preacher. I don't know the word of God. I don't know the times, but I think I do. <laughs> That's what they're saying because they don't know the words. They don't know that it opens with the knowledge of truth being received. They're not looking for it. They all think they got it and they don't see this. And we're, we're trampling upon this stuff. We don't see that God said we brought this on ourselves. We're guilty. So what they're doing, we've allowed them to begin evil because the more we don't teach the words and don't bring the words, the more evil enters into all these people. It's our fault. We're as guilty as they are, and that's what the Lord is saying to these people. Go ask, please. Yes, it's right. They were captives and slaves, and they weren't treated right. They weren't, you know, they were abused, and they were killing their children and everything else, which is what they've done to us. But you better remember the word please because there's law. And the law is that we've allowed this to happen to ourselves. And we need to understand that. So when we ask for these things, because God tells us Ecclesiastes 2.26 or 2.29, something like that. He tells us that the gold and silver is being stored up for the, for these times. And God is saying, you know, pay back double for what they've done. But the attitude is important. Pay back double for what they've done. yes. Terrible things they've done. Think of what they were doing to these people of Egypt. Israel and Egypt killing their children. Blocking them. If they had a child, they'd kill it. You know, the midwives and them were trying to let them get away with it and so forth. But it's a terrible thing what they were having to do. And and men were trying to stay away from their wives because they, they didn't want to have children. You know, the whole thing of God was lost. They didn't have the knowledge of the words. So God brought Moses to show them his way. And anybody known even to Moses had to learn the way of the words about Sinai. Had to get the knowledge. Okay, then um, know that the Pharaoh came to him in the night. God tells us he's going to come to him in the night. Also, in Isaiah 21, it's important we understand this situation that we're in because, let me see if I can pull up the scripture I wanted. Um, Isaiah 21, when it starts off and it goes about the night which I longed for, I longed, he turned into fear for me. This is in uh, verse 4 of uh, Isaiah 21, 4. It says, uh, let, me, let me go back up a little bit. 
I, I can read that up until that point. It says, the burden of the wilderness of the sea. Now, what is the sea? Understand that that is what he's talking about in, in um, Revelation 7. The beast comes out of the sea. How does the beast come out? We allow it to come out. We are the waters that she comes out from. She sits on top of. You know, the waters. She comes out of the sea and sits on the lands. And we've given her all the lands. And I've told you there's a secret law, the sea treaty, that they signed all the leaders of the nations, including America, signed it and giving her the ownership of all the oceans and the rivers. We are so deceived into what's happening. And this is not being taught and people are allowing this to happen. This is part of our problem. That's why he's talking about go up, O Elam, and, and media and so on. You know, yeah. media, Elam is really a hidden time or eternity. Um, it says young men are always, it, 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 there's a lot of meanings to it. But when you're looking at um, this time, because it started with Shem, one of his sons was Elam, for example, this has a long history of going back and they were part of the Persian Empire. The area of Elam that they talk about was part of the Persian Empire. Our problem is, you know, you have to understand uh, the point of what God is, um, you know, this is like the, they were people of the area of Susa in Babylon, by the way. That's important because where Daniel would go to. This is where the leaders uh, of, of they would vacation at. You know, that's symbolic of the, the wealthy that are getting along with the bigger kingdom because that's what media was. Media is, uh, you know, extended of the Lord, they say. But what he's really talking about, media means my measurement or out of an abundance. That's That's the basic meaning that we really got to get out. And they're going to, you know, when God brought them, he came, he brought uh, the Persian Median uh, Empire, he brought them against Babylon in the evening time. He, in other words, he gave a prophecy in the evening time, and in the night they came and destroyed Babylon. In the night, God is coming to destroy Babylon. These people need to understand this. It's like, you know, God has in, in the Bible, uh, the Hebrew Bible, you look at this, it says, you know, when you go to verse 2, it says, a distressing vision is declared to me. The treacherous deal dealer deals treacherously in the plunder, the plunder plunders. And it says, go up, Elam, go and besiege your media, all its sighing I have made to cease. People don't understand this. It's like we today are sighing. You know, we we like, oh, I don't want to hear this. Oh, I don't want to do this. I, I I just want to wait on the Lord. I'm going to be raptured out of here. You know, we got all these, what they call sighing. Sighing is, is when you don't want to do something. In other words, you hear the news, you don't want to talk about it. And the Lord is saying, hey, they're coming. In other words, he's saying, these, these guys are going to come. They're going to, they're going to come and I'm going to destroy them. But you're, you're just sighing and going along with them. It's, it's like in the night, you're just, you're just going along. That's why the Lord gets down to verse 12. He says, return, return, come back to me. Because he says, Babylon's going to fall. These people are going to fall. They've been getting their way. They've been doing this to you. I told you how they formed the FDA to, to destroy the nutritional value of the food. We've all seen this happen. You've all seen GMO. You've all seen that the nutritional value, the, the cereals are full of sugar. It's destroying us. They're putting fetus tissues in the, in the um, 
you know, the soft drinks and in cosmetics for women for their faces. What do you think God is sitting here? Your face is symbolic of your authority to see good and do good. In other words, he's giving you that authority. Your eyes are there. Your tongue is there. It's, it's the way you work. It's your authority that you're given. And you're putting this abominable materials upon your face to look beautiful. In the world, you might, but that you're going to be changed quickly because the plagues of the boils that's going to cover from the head of your face, head, top of your head, all the way down the bottom of your feet, is going to destroy your flesh. You're going to look like a dead newborn baby coming out, and yet you're living. That's going to come upon the people. And so they're doing this with his fetal tissues and so forth. When you go and look at Daniel, let me, let me get to this here. It's very important. When we read Mark, Matthew 24, 15, and we read Mark 13, 14, it says in these things, it says, uh, therefore, in Matthew 24, for example, it says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. In other words, he tells them to come out then. And then in Mark 13, uh, Mark 13, 14, it says it again. When, so when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. In other words, the God, God is saying, look, the holy place. The problem that we have, this is the, the complacency. This is what he's talking about. When you see, you know, the, the fact is the Lord is telling us we must see. We must come out. And he tells us in this, in Daniel twelve eleven. he says, And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, please understand, that's the 42 months of the, of the beast kingdom, of the 10, be, 10 beast kingdoms, the 6 beast kingdom, and the Antichrist. They reign at the same time. And Revelation explains that in 17, chapter 17. People ignore that. And he's telling us here, when you see that, the abomination of desolation. In other words, we know that they're going to put something in the temple during that time when they come. They're going to, you know, put the mark of the beast on the people and so on. That is after, as you go back to Daniel 7, 9 to uh, 14, you see that in verses 11 and 12, he tells you that the fifth beast kingdom is going to be destroyed. And there's going to be a, a season and a time before... These people get their dominion. Now, we know that the season is the winter season because God tells us that in the night, he's going to take away these people and uh, he's going to seal these judgments in the night. He always does it in the night. He's telling us in Luke seventeen thirty four, it's going to be in the night. We're in the night of the day of the Lord. We just don't know what day in that night is going to be the separation judgment. But we also know that in the morning time, he's going to affect his punishments. Because in the morning, he rises like the son of righteousness. And he tells us the sun is going to rise with black hair. So he's telling us that's when those plagues are going to start. But the judgment's going to happen before that. That's why the people in Revelation 6, uh, uh, 12, uh, 15 to 17, tell them, tells us that they know they're, going to be, they're saying, who can stand? In other words, they know that they don't have any ability. It's like the Pharaoh, please bless me. You know, and these people are going to say, let the rocks fall upon me because the wrath of God is coming. Who's going to be able to stand? They know these plagues are coming on them. And remember what Moses said to, to the Pharaoh, you will surely die. In other words, he says, no, bless me. You know, don't take away all the things you've given us. You know, like this, like I told you, they had the wireless 
power, we believe. All these things that they had, the blessings, you know, the, the crops moved and they were able to do many things. And before they had enslaved them, they were completely blessed in the days of Joseph. So the Pharaoh's begging, please give back those words. Give back that ability that you had at that time to us. Don't leave us naked. It's too late. The judgment's already declared. That's what God is saying here. The judgment's going to be declared. See, in the morning time, it's too late. You got to get it in the night because in the night he seals his instruction. The sealed judgment happens in the night. The plagues happen in the morning. That's his way throughout the Bible. He doesn't change his way. I should have been better at explaining that. But, you know, we we get more clarity because he teaches us line by line, precept on precept. I wish I could have been more clear before. But that is what the Lord is showing us. And Daniel 12, 11 is telling us when you see the daily sacrifices taken away. From the time of daily sacrifice. When does that happen? He tells you that the answer to that in Daniel um, chapter 9. In Daniel chapter 9, he tells you that that time uh, will occur. And uh, let me just read it to you. It says, uh, let me read Daniel 9.26 and 9.27. Daniel 9.26 says, And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end, that's not putting the abomination of desolation in the sanctuary. That's destroying the holy place. Do you understand? That's destroying religion. That's what they're doing. They, they have destroyed your, your birth certificate. They've taken your uh, certificate, um, your, your live birth record, and they've treated that as your soul, and they've taken that from you. Whereas dead men walking, they're trading in souls, just like he says in Revelation 18. They've done this. That's what they're doing. It says, And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consolation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. He's telling you on the wing of abominations. In other words, this is going to come after. In other words, this second part of that sentence, And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. In other words, what he's saying here, He's going to make it in the sacrifice. Oops, I'm sorry, I jumped on the wrong one. Um, I was reading here uh, the, the second part of Daniel 9.27, so it messed up here. Let me go back, Daniel 9.26. It says, After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood, which is Revelation 12, 15, 17. This is the time where he destroys, and Daniel 7 um, 11 and 12. This is the time when he destroys the fifth beast kingdom. This is when he mortally wounds the fifth beast kingdom. And um, the beast kingdom is, has its dominion taken away. If you're mortally wounded, remember all things are done by his words. So when you're mortally wounded, it means you've destroyed his words for a time. And that time, he tells you, is a season and a time. They will not have dominion. But after the time, which is seven years, they'll have dominion. That comes at noon. That's when the darkness will cover the earth completely. Now, the end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war, desolation is determined. But the end of it, he's talking about the end of this fifth beast kingdom. That's now. The end of it comes, like he says in Luke 17, 34, it's the separation judgment. That's the part that has this thing with Daniel 7, 11 to 12, where he says he's going to destroy them and take away the dominion of the beast kingdom for a season and time. 
The season is the night, the ending of the night when he uh, does the separation judgment like that he tells us in Luke seventeen thirty four and John 9, 4, 5. And then it, there's a gap time of seven years, which the Lord is going to reign over the earth in the morning of the day of the Lord for seven years while he refines his bride and while he punishes all those of the fifth beast kingdom who will be left to turn into the sixth beast kingdom. He's going to punish them with the plagues in the morning time. And he tells us um, that the end of it will be with the flood. That's this time of the night. In the night, he does the separation judgment. In the night, he punishes them. He, he sets them apart, takes his people out. And uh, they came, Pharaoh came in the night and told them to go. The same is going to be at this time. In the night, this time of the night, the, the world system is going to have to understand that they're, they're about to be destroyed. God's going to drop the fear on them. The people of the church should be pleading for Joel 2, 12 to 20. Because in Joel 2, 12 to 20, if we do what it says, the Lord says he will drive those uh, northern army, which is the world armies, away from us. And the world armies, when he talks about the world army, he's also talking about the world hosts, which is all their beings, all their particles. It, it means that the, the, uh, the idols will fall to dust. All that is there. Because that word is, is like I explained it yesterday. So what, what he's telling us is that if we turn, he will take away all their authority from us and drive them away from us and we'll overcome. And that's in this time we're in now. God is waiting for us to do this, to have the, the revival, the gathering that he's talking about at this time. He's told us to come out. He says, return to him. In other words, gain back the inheritance and all these things that I've prepared for you, but you have not received because you're not hearing, you're not listening. <clears throat> and the Lord goes on here. It says, then uh, Gabriel's explained to him, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offerings. There you go back to Matthew 24. What did he say? When the sacrifice is taken away. That's in the middle of the morning. The middle of the seven years of the day of the Lord. The middle of the morning of the, of the day of the Lord. It's, in other words, about nine o'clock in the morning of, of, of the day of the Lord, which is three and a half years, because the, uh, the, the time, seven years, is split into two parts, one hour and one hour. So we're talking about the first hour of the morning, which is from sunrise to, to nine o'clock, and then from nine o'clock to, to the other, uh, to the noon, is, is the second, uh, or is the, they call it the sixth hour. Um, so what you're seeing at this time is that this is what the Lord is telling us. Uh, from from nine to, to to noon is the third hour. At, at the sixth hour begins at noon and lasts until uh, three o'clock. Three o'clock is the ninth hour, and God is going to destroy them at the ninth hour. That's when He returns and destroys the the beast kingdom um, at the end of His day of the Lord. That's when He cuts it short and destroys them. At the same time, He died on the cross. They're going to die and be sent into their uh, abyss. And, and the Antichrist and all them be sent away. But the Antichrist doesn't come for seven years yet. In the meantime, we must be refined because that when he takes away the sacrifice, as he says in uh, Daniel, uh, I mean, excuse me, Psalms 15, 4, that's what we call the rapture. That is when the people, he says, gather to me those who made a sacrifice for me. He takes away the sacrifice. Those with the sacrifice, they've done the works. They have the record of the sacrifice with them. That's when he takes it away. That, that's, that's what he's talking about at that time. So that's what he's saying there in, in um, what you see in Matthew 24, 
He tells us at that time, when you come, when he says, when you see, means your eyes see the knowledge of truth. In other words, you understand this is coming. And you understand that you have to do what it says in Daniel 9.24, which is prepare those six things, which includes anointing the Lord as king. That has to be done now. And that's when you see. You, you can see when the abomination, the desolation is going to occur. That's what he's talking about there in that. But we have to come out now. If we come out, then the Lord will drive them far away from us. When he drives them away, he removes from us all the things of them. So the darkness will go away and then he will be able to circumcise our heart so we only see good. And he'll be able to work on us until that's done because it's a process. Everything with the Lord is a learning process. Knowledge doesn't come in a download, Isaiah 28, 9 to 13. So we have to go through this process that he's trying to get us to understand and come through. When the, <clears throat> Understand that he tells us in Isaiah 21, uh, he told us there, and let me go back up here and read it to you one more time, because it's very important what he says. He says, watchman, he said, what um, What of the night, what of the night? He says, in the night, he's talking, uh, he's in the night, and he says this. He says, the morning comes and also the night. In other words, very interesting is the the morning is the, the word is about to be uh, given power. But the night is coming. The night is that all the light is going out of those of the world. But to those who are set apart because they got the knowledge of truth and they're set apart to receive the word, they're going to get the, the knowledge of the, the words of God. That's what he's talking about in this. So you see that uh, happening with that. But when you go down to Matthew, uh, excuse me, uh, Mark thirteen twenty four, it says, but in those days after that tribulation, see the, he's going to, when the people turn, he'll do what he says in Joel 2, uh, 20. He'll drive these people away from him. He says, when that happens, after that tribulation, because that's the ending of the flood, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. That is the separation. I mean, that's when the manifestation of the judgment, that's the morning comes. And he says, the stars of heaven will fall and the power in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And the clouds is the word of truth. You know, this is not the the rapture at that moment. The rapture is going to happen at the end of the time if they get refined, which is 42 months, around 42 months. And 42 is very interesting because it's the number of the uh, beginning of the, you can see the, it's the degree angle that you can see the red light of the uh, rainbow. So at the end of the 42 months, it makes sense because that's when he says, let there be light. And when he, when he takes them out of the world, that's what he's doing. He's separating the light and the darkness, which is what he did in the first day of uh, creation with the first spirit. And the red is indicating the first spirit has come, which indicates by that that this is also pointing to the rapture itself happening at that time. So it goes on. Then they will see the Son of Man. I mean, understand. You don't understand me because you can't perceive my words. You can't you don't discern my words. Then you'll know the Son of Man coming with the clouds of great power and glory because you're going to see the plagues. You're going to see the blessing. The people are going to be able to be cured and they're, they're going to be healed because he's returning to them. If they come back to him, he's going to return to them all the blessings, which is healing. So if you got people with para, you know, paralyzed and Alzheimer's and all this that believe in God and you've done the way of words for them and so forth, God and they believe in God, then God's going to bring them out and they're going to be healed at this time. He said he's going to come and bring the lame and the poor and so forth to him. 
And then he will send his angels and gather together. See what he's saying there? Power and great glory. And it says, and then afterwards, and then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds and from the farthest part of the earth. It's exactly what I'm telling you. That's when the rapture is going to occur at that time. Okay. Um, let's end here tonight. And there's a lot more I could say. We'll go, we'll go into it again tomorrow night a little bit more. There's a lot more that we should be talking about here. It's very important information. I pray that we'll begin to discern this and understand it and how this is going to be and when it's going to be. We're getting closer to understanding this and God's going to, I mean, we have to see the abomination. Of desolation. We have to know this is what it is. And I've explained to you tonight when it's going to be the abomination of desolation that you can understand. And this is another way of understanding what he's saying here. Uh, it's very clear, it seems. I thank you for your time. And Lord, I pray that you would help the people understand your truth and let them come to it, dear Lord, with all full measure of their heart to return to you and receive everything you have for them. Lord, let them understand you have, what you want to give them is just marvelous. Lord, we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.